Hi, voice teachers. Have you been thinking about expanding your teaching business? Perhaps you're entertaining the idea of opening your own music school. Well, today I'm speaking with Teresa Cirillo. She's an amazing voice teacher, and she is the owner and director of Studio E, a music and drama school in Stony Creek, Ontario. She's also one savvy businesswoman, and she's going to share her passion, her struggles, and her inspiring success story. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. So today I am sitting with the beautiful and uh, fully done up, see it's a podcast, they don't know that we're in our sweatpants and our sweat clothes. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Nikki, I'm in my Sunday best, my makeup's um, all done, my hair's straight. <laughs> I'm with... Uh, Teresa Cirillo from Studio E here in Stony Creek and Teresa is you are probably one of the most inspired people I know and I'm so excited to be here so thank you first of all thank you for your time because I know you're one crazy busy lady no problem and I just had a tour of your brand new studio it is amazing it is inspiring this is a beautiful wonderful place that you have given young people to come and study music and art and drama and uh, today we're just talking about your journey how did you get to this beautiful place this is all you and there's a big truck oh it's the coca-cola truck <laughs> how did you get here like Christmas how did you get here? So, so I want to start off with how. First of all, how did when did you start teaching voice? Because you're a voice teacher, business owner, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Well, I started teaching um, when I was 19. I started teaching at a conservatory in Hamilton, and taught uh, there for a few years, and um, and then went and did my college and university studies, and worked in corporate world for a while. So that's where you got your business sense. Yes. Uh. Yes, I worked in the dental field. Really? I did. Oh. All has to do with the mouth. All has to do, so you know all what's going on. I up do, in the head. I do. <laughs> so uh, when, when did you decide that you were going to open your own studio? Because this is your second location. This right. Is your, this is your second building. You've expanded so much, you needed a new awesome place. Right. So when, when did you feel that, okay, well, let's go back. When did you decide to leave corporate land okay. and become a music So I decided to, keep, to leave um, the dental field after I had my second child. Um, I had been singing and I had taught intermittently when I was working. Um, but I left, um, I had postpartum depression after my second mm-hmm. child and decided to stay home and uh, build my my teaching again. So I was teaching um, in a private room uh, and I built um, maybe uh, about 20 to 25 kids per week. Wow, okay. And I did that when Sophia was born. And when your child was born? After my Your second child and you... you and used, I haven't looked back. You <laughs> Not only did music heal me, gave me a reason for being, but it also brought back that enjoyment and love of, of not actually working at a job, but actually working at something you love. Wow. So that's uh, when I restarted fully. Mind you, I've been in a band since I was 13, so I, the music has never, <laughs> it's never left. Has never left. Um, continued to do so. When my kids were younger, they, they took lessons, and I had lessons done at home with the kids and, and that sort of thing. 
but um, to actually teach, um, that's when I started. I started getting involved. It was, you know, the idol, oh, the idol era. Era. Yeah. Um, and every city was doing their own idol, Hamilton Idol, Grimsby Idol, all of those kind of idols. And uh, being at home with my children, I had some time and I, I helped out with the idol programs. And that built my uh, roster with students and loved it more and more every day and loved it more and more every day. And then uh, number three came along. <laughs> and once number three came along, it was really difficult to handle teaching and three children right. in the same building. And so I decided to look for a place in Stony Creek that had one room that mm -hmm. I could teach out of um, to separate my, ha my home and my, my business life. And I did that in 2009. 2010, I expanded into five rooms. So five private, like two private studios, okay, and introduced studios. other instruments other than voice. So we introduced piano, drums, guitar, uh, violin at the time, and I said guitar, right? Yeah. Um, and theory. Of right. course, we always have theory cl theory classes and voice. So. Um, we opened up into five studios and then two years later we expanded another two rooms and then two years later we're now in 10 rooms plus two so you, yeah you've rooms. got a beautiful a theater theater yes in here which is going to be magnificent and then you have what you call a discovery room the discovery room is and that's for your younger programs yep. we have our early childhood music education program called the discovery program mm. which we've developed and um, is geared towards children from the ages of zero to four. Music education, like starting your own business, that, that must have been pretty scary. It was scary. I, it just fell in my lap. It just happened and I embraced it. Right. I, if you had asked me 10 years ago, you're going to own your own music <laughs> studio and you're gonna have a surplus of children that run into your doors and run to their last lessons and I would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no clue what you're talking about. Um, it really just came to me and I saw it. I saw how special it was and I embraced it and I let it happen. It's music. Music mm -hmm. expands. Right. So why not? You do a lot of outreach with your students, with your own, with your own studio. So I remember specifically, you had this wall. It was the pay it forward, pay it forward, pay it wall. forward Yay. wall. I wanted to tell people about that because I, I thought love that, that was really... pay it forward wall. I've been actually thinking of where I can put that wall in this studio. Uh, the pay it forward wall was wonderful. It was introduced to me by my one of my really great, oh, just a great person named Karen Cumming. Um, she started this movement and she was telling everybody that you should do this too and I thought oh, what a great idea I had um at that time I was volunteering at um at a vocational high school in Hamilton that needed a music program because they didn't have one mm -hmm. and they were children in need and I went there every Mondays at lunch and taught just a glee program mm -hmm. just a fun let's sing along program and there was a boy there that really enjoyed music and, and was on really bad path, mm. really bad life path, not good at all. And he used to come into my class looking for girls. <laughs> okay. But he ended up finding me and my piano yeah. and my singing and he started beatboxing and wow. started singing. And I said to him, you know, you have something special. 
And he says, well, you know, I can't afford lessons. And I said, you can. If you really want to do it, you can. And um, I knew he was wanting to do music and wasn't able to financially. Right. Uh, I don't even think he had anybody to bring him to the studio at the time, oh, okay. which was really difficult as well. And then I had this forward thing, and I went, oh, I'm not going to just give him the money to have this. So let's do it as a studio. And did a pay it forward for Dylan to have lessons and an education, anything. Mm-hmm. So I called it um, the pay it forward so what we did was every student, we had a, a huge basket of awesome colors of Sharpies mm-hmm. and this big wall. And I had every student go out and do two, two pay it forwards for the week. And they would run into their lesson and write down on the wall exactly what they did. And it was so wide ranged. It was from, I break the leaves for my mom on Monday and or up until up to I gave somebody my lunch in the cafeteria in high school Mm. it was that kind of thing and then Karen was really generous and came and brought us white bracelets so it it actually had something so we had every student got two bracelets and one went to the person or they were both to go to the person that would pay it forward so encouraging more people to help out. Exactly. So to create a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you that I saw one of those bracelets at a mall that was not here, close to here, and it made me so happy. It was just one, and it was enough. Ah, oh, that's amazing. So our wall was filled, but the kicker was for every paid forward that any of our students did, one dollar went to a, an interest fund for Dylan. Oh, that's amazing. So we we made I think almost a thousand dollars for Dylan that year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he used it uh, really well. He took lessons. He was very loyal. He was very, well, not loyal, but uh, persistent. Dedicated. Dedicated. Yeah. He did uh, since graduate from a, a program at Mohawk. He's working full time. He is not in any trouble at all. That's amazing. Um, and he still, once in a while, comes and visits and plays me a song and Beautiful. sings well and does all of that. That's that's wonderful that so, your whole studio got involved in that. Yeah, and we do our annual um, flash mob event starting tonight, actually. We have uh, six weeks of vocal training for two <laughs> Christmas songs that we're going to bless three locations in Stony Creek area or Hamilton area. Um, and for every child that joins that class, it's a free class. Right. For every, cl- every child that joins that class, we put $60 into a kitty and give it to a char- charity or, or somebody in need. Wonderful. We do that every year. That's beautiful. So this year it's Operation Peace and Joy. Nice. Last I year it went it. to the Nicola Jones Foundation. Oh, wonderful. What were some of the challenges that you faced uh, when you were first starting? Like what, what were some okay, of the obstacles so, that you had to overcome? Well, first of all, kudos to all of you that you're music teachers because it's a hard job and... Um, that means you have a love for it and just carry on with that love and don't let anybody bring you down. Um, you're going to have a lot of challenges. Um, I think one of my biggest challenges was hiring the right staff. What do you look for? What do you look for in your teachers when you're hiring them? Well, music teachers are really difficult to find for long-term use mm. or employment, mm-hmm. let's say because 
If you're a music teacher, that means you're a musician. And if you're a musician, that means you're gigging a lot. So consistency was really difficult at the beginning. So hiring a teacher that is doing music for life mm. or teaching music as their strength rather than hiring a musician that's educated in music to do music for their life mm. was a huge difference. So did you have a high turnover of, of uh, at staff the beginning, for a yes. while? At the okay. beginning, yes. At so it was hard to yes. find the right yeah. teachers. Yeah. And made a lot of great friends along the way. A lot of great friends along the way. They were wonderful people. Just wanted to do teaching as for money. Right. It wasn't their passion? It wasn't their passion. Their passion was performing. Mm, mm -hmm. So the performance versus the teaching was is a huge thing. So really focus in on questions that gear towards that. Because there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with the performance aspect of it because that's what we do mm -hmm. as musicians. But I'm a music school and I need dedicated teachers. Right. And not to say that they're not a dedicated person, but they're not dedicated to teaching, mm -hmm. which is okay, mm -hmm. which is really okay. Um, so that, that took me a while to figure out because nobody told me that. <laughs> so I'm telling you this. So ask those questions. Another, well, and then staying along the same line, very difficult to distinguish the difference between a really great musician and a really great teacher. Wow, they are two very different things. Very different. <laughs> and that's been really difficult. So what we've done is we've actually um, implemented a, a policy when we do hire someone to um, hire them for a week. Oh, okay. To teach. Mm -hmm. And then we get our students to let us know how they feel. Oh, feedback. Yep, wow. feedback. And see if their personalities match with ours and that sort of thing. And then some of them end up like staying on our sub list and, mm -hmm. and, or some of them get hired. And mm -hmm. Is there, there are different challenges now as a business owner than there were maybe when you were starting? Um, there's always little challenges, you know, little tiny challenges here and there. I think, I think to be able to establish yourself as an academic versus fun studio to learn in. Mm. And why can't it be both mm. is my biggest challenge right now because it's state of the art, it's gorgeous. People think of it as a commercial, ooh, let's go and sing karaoke. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. Mm. It's pure music education with fun. Right. And you can, you can integrate these two areas of learning. And just because we look great doesn't mean that we don't teach great. You've had the naysayers. Of course. You've and it's okay to have naysayers. Oh, of course. Right? Uh, you know, sometimes people come in and, oh, maybe this is too much for me. I think I need a one-on-one -on -one in a very small environment. Right. And that's great. That's yeah. great. It's, it, I mean, knowing is, is your first step. And... Um, and there are wonderful teachers that do teach privately out there that go to homes or have their in-house right. uh, studios or maybe just have one room, such as yourself, yeah, my that I, I, would, <laughs> I would gladly and wholeheartedly refer mm -hmm. someone in that situation to. Uh, because everybody needs to learn in an environment that they're comfortable with. Right. You know, I think here it belong, it's more of like a, 
a family belonging. Yeah, you've got or, a community. You know, it's, it is a community and, and you want to belong to the team kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, well, is it cool to come to Studio E? Well, I'm glad it is cool because you're going to get a very good music education here. Did you design the layout? Oh, we helped design it, yeah. My husband and I, we, um, we met with an architect and designed the layout. I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted everything to be close but not so close. Mm-hmm. And I wanted everything to be, <laughs> <laughs> to be accessible uh, but not too accessible. <laughs> Architect's nightmare. Um, I knew that I wanted everything to flow, like feng shui. Mm-hmm. I wanted the rooms to be large enough but not too big. I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to be soundproof somewhat. I wanted to be calm. Mm, Calm was a huge thing for me. I wanted it to be bright and fun, but calm. Mm. calm. Um, Therefore, the grays, the grays and the pop of reds are are the happy place, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Red's my favorite color. (laughs) What was your vision? What is it that you wanted to... What we're see. sitting in is my vision. This is your vision. This so is my you, vision. You, this is your dream. This is my dream. My dream goes one step further. Uh, as soon as we establish all of our policies and have it run the way we want it being run. Um, and what I mean by that is, of course, of course, this is a music education center. But there's also a business aspect to any type of studio that you will own. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have that business aspect that you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be students not ma- not showing up to lessons, therefore mm-hmm. you're going to have a half hour that's not paid. And because that's the reality of what happens. Mm-hmm. You're going to have little Johnny that want, that takes lessons for two weeks, hates it, and doesn't come back, mm-hmm. and you won't ever be notified. Um, so you have to put financial policies in place. My dream was to have an education center that was well balanced in business mm-hmm. and in education mm-hmm. and then franchise. So that's because there's nothing wrong with putting really great run educational music centers in different cities. Any other advice that you would have for maybe a, a teacher of any discipline who is is thinking of uh, expanding um, in, and, and starting their own studio. Is there any other words of advice? Yes, absolutely. Okay. If you're doing it for money, don't do it. If you're doing it to compete with somebody else, don't do it. If you're doing it for the love and the passion and it's what you want to do because that's what you love to do, then do it. And when you do do it, follow your gut, trust your instincts, and just go for it. Well, thank you so much for your time. So I'm talking to Teresa Cirillo. I'm in her beautiful teaching studio at Studio E. And, uh, and her advice to you is if you, if you have that dream, if you have that vision, you, it, it's, it's doable. It's, it's rewarding. She's not in your Fulfilling. Fulfilling. Uh, it's hard work. It's stressful, but it's worth every second. So, Teresa, thank you so much thank for you. today. And thank that you, was Nikki. awesome. Thank you. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoe Music.ca.